This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, podcast where we get you all caught up on everything happening here in the North Shore high school sports scene. We are deep into the fall high school sports postseason, so we've got a lot to talk about in this week's episode of the podcast. It would help if I would introduce myself from the Friday Night Drive. I'm Michael Dwojak here with the record North Shore for my founding member, Joe Coglin. Um, we got a lot to talk about in this episode, playoff football, playoff volleyball, boys soccer, field hockey, state championships, um, swimming, everything across country, everything that you can think of, we've got it uh, going on in this week's episode of the podcast. So we're going to do our regular four-quarter format, but kind of change it up from what we've been doing recently. Um, in the first quarter, we're going to start off with Loyola's uh, convincing win uh, to start the playoffs, but then we'll also tar- talk about a uh, state title uh, won by one of our local area teams and um, the latest playoff updates um, as of right now. We're recording this on Wednesday. In the second quarter, we are joined by new Trierfield hockey player, Honor Roberts. She joined after a very exhilarating and fun moment for the new Trierfield hockey program. Um, in the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, we preview week two of the high school football playoffs, primarily focusing on Loyola traveling down to Edwardsville. So um, let's start things off, Joe, with uh, Loyola's opening uh, win against um, Plainfield South. Loyola played host to them on Saturday at Wilmette in their Class 8A opener um, and kind of did what we predicted. That's usually how it goes kind of with these matchups in the first week of the playoffs. Um, you just get uh, a team that's not really at the same level as Loyola and Loyola wins um, 42 to seven to start off its opener. Um, honestly, and obviously everything well went right based on looking at the score, but um, a big thing went wrong for the Ramblers. Coach Halasek said, honestly, it's the worst thing that could have happened. Um, which kind of sounds crazy for you know being able to win forty two to seven, but uh, the Ramblers lost uh, re lead rusher knee uh, Will Nemeshine to a knee injury that will have him out for the rest of the um, postseason. Uh, will Nemeshine, their top rusher there. So Joe, obviously we can talk about um, a big performance for the Ramblers, kind of taking care of business the way we expected them to. But um, without Will Nemeshine, obviously and uh, some other characters that they're kind of missing uh, in their, you know, running back group. Um, this really is going to kind of change things up here moving into week uh, two of the playoffs. Yeah, um, quite a tough break for the Ramblers. Uh, I mean, I guess, we, you know, recapping the victory, you know, it was over in the first quarter. Loyola put up 35 points, uh, more than 200 yards, I believe, um, and really just kind of buried the game right there. Um, Pretty impressive performance considering that, you know, they weren't playing uh, a five and four, um, well, four and five, if you're looking at seven, a with Buffalo Grove, but um, they were playing, I believe, um, Plainfield uh, South was six and three because Loyola lost one game. They they dropped all the way to the sixth seed. Um, but, so just still mighty impressive nonetheless. Um, but Plainfield South never really had a chance, just kind of outclassed here in this one. And uh um, they look good. They they played everybody, and they got 
You know, we talked about it last week after Mount Carmel, and uh, they they really laid it on the line against Mount Carmel. We talked, me and you talked about how, you know, if it's somewhat of a chippy game or maybe it's getting too physical, will they pull their guys just to be safe for the playoffs because they have higher aspirations? And they didn't. They really played to the final buzzer. And, uh, and of course, in the first quarter of a game where they can sit guys because they are running away with this one, um, they get kind of a fluke injury here um, in the first quarter right away. And, you know, not too long after that, I think all the starters or most of the starters from Loyola's pulled. And I'm sure that was the plan with Will as well. And it just, you know, he got in tackled and his, and his knee. And we're not sure exactly what kind of injury, but uh, I believe surgery was likely. Um, according to our reporter, um, Neil Milbert, who was back after uh, after a stint on the IR himself, but he was back for this one. And it's just, man, that stinks. I mean, uh, you, you know, you want <clears throat> the best teams in the state or those vying for a championship to be full strength, and you want to see full strength on full strength all the way through. And that's just, <clears throat> we're not going to see it from Loyola. Can they win um, despite of injury? Z, com, or uh, plural because they also have an injury to their backup running back sophomore, Drew McPherson, um, and they got to figure it out. Um, we'll talk a lot about that in the fourth quarter, but it's a big blow. Um, Will Nemeshine did so much for them um, all in all phases of their offense, you know, obviously running the football, but he was, he was good catching it out of the backfield. He was good, uh, you know, help on the, on, the, on the blocking side of things. He was an experienced guy because he got time as a sophomore last year, uh, and it just really stinks his season's over, and uh, Loyola's got to recover. He's definitely evolved since he came onto the varsity roster last year um, as a sophomore. He, you know, he can, like he said, he can catch it back in the backfield. He can, uh, um, he's also a guy who can, you know, he can kind of bully his way through an offensive line and get you, you know, four or five tough yards. And he's also someone who can go off for like a 50 yard run. He like really is able to use his speed really well and um, has really done that for the Ramblers um, this season. So, um, losing him is really a tough loss, and we'll talk about who's going to try to replace him um, in the fourth quarter. But um, everything else went really well, Joe. I mean, obviously you saw the offense putting uh, stuff together. Uh, Jake Sterney had a good day. You had, um, you know, you had uh, interceptions. You pretty much had a strong performance from both sides of the football and um, just kind of pretty much did what you needed to do. Um, in a game like this where you kind of expect, you know, the Ramblers to open up the playoffs with a big win. Yeah, I mean, it's it's put it away early and rest your stars. And I know we just talked about why that didn't work on a fluke injury, but um, that's what you want to do. And they did that and they were able to get a lot of uh, other, other their starters rest and their defense shine. Johnny McGuire had another interception return for touchdown. I think that's his second pick six. I think he has a couple other interceptions. But he's proving why he he's an all-state candidate uh, as one of their safeties. Um, and they just, yeah, they got after Plainfield South. And, um, you know, good season for them, finishing six and four. But uh, Ramblers move on and, and will take on the next test. All right, we'll talk more about that uh, second week matchup of the playoffs in the fourth quarter. But um, let's move on over now. We're going to still stay in the first quarter, but we're going to change up sports now. And we're going to talk about Nutria Field Hockey. Um, who uh, entered the playoffs as a pretty strong favorite in what they wanted to accomplish in winning a state title again. Um, and they were able to do that with a pretty dominant um, win, being able to win their fourth straight state title. Um, a really dominant time for the new Trier program. And uh, Joe, that's really just a big you know, testament to what 
um, Trevians have been able to build for, you know, especially for the seniors being able to win a state title each year. Yeah, this is a, a dominant program right now. You know, they've, they've been a dominant program for a long time in the grand scheme of things, but never more dominant than right now. This era is kind of the, the top so far. They've won four straight um, from 2008 till now. No, no tournament in 2020. Um, and this, this season was just, uh, they ran roughshod through, through the competition in the state undefeated. I think they finished 25 and four overall, all those losses to out of state competition. Um, they play against some of the best in the, in the country and, and, um, nobody right now, at least this year in the state was really up to their caliber. And they proved that in the state finals, putting up three goals. Um, Glenbrook is a good team. Um, and they fought hard, you know, they held Nutria scoreless for the first quarter and change um, until Nutria finally got on the board. Um, I think the first goal was, I'm going to screw this up now. I believe it was Honor Roberts, um, a senior. Then the second Izzy Morgan um, right before halftime. No, right after halftime. Um, and then they got the third one, too, to get the 3-0 lead in the third quarter. And from there, that's really, uh, that's really all she wrote in the game of field hockey. Um, you get that even two-goal lead against Nutria, but three goals is pretty insurmountable um really good team you know is izzy morgan is a junior and one of the best out there Anna roberts is going to penn um she's a senior and she was their second leading scorer top assist person um they're just really good all the way around really a lot of talent coach nikaza um stephanie nikaza it's her 14th championship 16th in program history she told me this team was really good at adapting so when they did take their lumps against out-of-state competition or, or you know, challenging games. They were able to adapt, change things up really quickly and um, be successful right after. So really good team, really good performance in the state championship. Yeah, so congrats to the Trevians on, you know, continuing this dynasty and being able to uh, um, really put together another strong season and continue the great stuff that they've been able to do. We'll hear more about them in the second quarter where when Honor Roberts joins us. But let's move on over now to uh, boys soccer where uh, New Trier, uh, boys soccer uh, snapped um, its sectional drought by taking down uh, Lane Peck uh, to win a sectional title um, and then competed in the in the super sectional on Tuesday night last night, Joe, and uh, really fell in a tough uh, double overtime uh, loss there. Yeah, starting with that sectional win, uh, kind of surprising um, to know that it's been seven years since Nutrier captured Eight seasons, I believe, since Nutria captured a uh, a sectional crown, and this is the first one under Coach Matt Ravenscraft. Um, and Nutria is a big name in a lot of sports, soccer being one of them, both on the boys and girls side. And they just couldn't get over that hump. You know, always a good team, but there's good competition in the area, whether it's from other CSL teams, you know, Evanston's and and the Glenbrooks, or it's coming from um, teams in the area such as Stevenson and uh, Libertyville, uh, teams like that. So this year uh, they were able to, to kind of win in, in kind of convincing fashion in their um, sectional um, and then took down Lane, who's who's been a thorn in their side here year in and year out. Lane's, Lane's a very good team and very good program and, and was on a nice run, but um, New Shore halted them in the sectional. Um, pretty cool stuff for them. So congrats to them. And then you know, they're in the final eight. Now they got a chance to go to state and kind of secure, you know, be part of that final four for a state trophy and um, double overtime to Stevenson, who was, who's now 21 and 0 uh, with a few ties as well. But two just powerhouse teams going to double overtime. I believe Stevenson scored on a, uh, on a set piece off a 
off a direct kick and you know what are you gonna do somebody's gonna score at some point or you go to pks um i know a lot of coaches once they're through with their emotions will tell you they'd rather have that happen than go to pks and it'd be a little more fluky um and uh you know score on an actual um game action um even if it's stoppage so really good season for nutrient soccer it's a really good team you know they finished i think around 18 or 19 and two um huge winning streak in the middle there um i just think it's uh it's a really good team and it's a shame they didn't get to show their stuff at state because i think they are a state uh trophy caliber team but ran into stevenson who might be the favorite yeah i think obviously just being able to get over that hump and winning that sectional title is a big credit to what this Trevians team wanted to accomplish. And then, um, you know, for it to end in such a fashion, it's never fun and never a good way to, you know, lose in double overtime for a chance to go down to state, but congrats to um, Nutria on a great season, being able to make it all the way as far as they did. And um, hopefully they can use this momentum in the off season and build off of it for next season. Um, we're not going to get too much into this one, Joe, but just want the folks at home to know, obviously we've got, we're recording this on Wednesday, and then we've got a sectional final between Loyola and Nutrier happening in girls' volleyball on Wednesday night. I don't know um, you'll be around for that one, Joe, but it should be a fun one um, to see what the Ramblers and Trevians are able to do as they try to advance the super sectionals. Yeah, we've been hoping for this one since we saw the seeds come out, and we thought, you know, looking at the brackets, it was probably the most probable outcome, but, you know, who knows what happens in, in playoff volleyball, especially once you get to the section round. Both of the teams won their their semifinal in pretty pretty tough matchups. Um, took Nutrier three um, sets to win, but they're both there. I'll be there tonight out in Prem to see the sectional championship. Should be great. Excited about it. Um, but uh, you know, we won't we, you you won't be able to get the results on this podcast at least till next week. But we'll we'll have it up on the record NorthShore.org um, as soon as tomorrow. So I'm um, going to be a really good one. They're both very good teams. Loyal is playing. I don't know what their winning streak's at right now. They're playing out of their minds, but Nutria's not far behind either. So going to be really good volleyball against rivals. Another reason to subscribe to the record, NorthShore.org, so make sure you are subscribed and checking them out, and make sure to check out Joe's work um, for the latest results and stories from that game. All right, we're going to move on over now to the second quarter, where we are joined by Nutria Field Hockey State champion, Honor Roberts. Um, Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Honor after winning the state title, the fourth for the Trevians in a row. Um, what are the folks at home going to hear? Well, Honor's been a four-time varsity uh, player, so she's won a few of these. So we talk about what makes this one special, um, you know, especially being her senior year, what made this team um, so good. And we talk about uh, what was the difference in this championship game, you know, after going scoreless for the first quarter, uh, how did Nutria finally break through and then uh, finish things off? All right, let's take a listen. Um, well, congrats. You're, you're a state champion again. Tell me, uh, how the game, how the championship game go. I know you guys won three to one, but was it what you expected? Um, yeah. So first off, thank you. I'm very excited about the win. Um, yeah, I think it was kind of how we expected it to go. Like we knew it was going to be a tough game. Like JBS is obviously very, they have some very good players and skillful players. So, um, we knew it wasn't going to be an easy game, but I think we came out strong. And, um, like, once we, like, got the hang of it, we did really well. So, And I believe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was, you know, 0-0 after the first quarter, and you guys scored late yeah. in the second. So 
what kind of, what'd you break through? What, what were they doing that was difficult early on and how'd you break through? Um, I think we were just like, it was zero zero and we scored. Um, I don't know what happened in the second, but, um, I think we just got into like, we did some really good passing combinations. Like the passing combination that led to like the first goal was really good. Um, and I think we just like, we had a lot of like good chances, um, in the first quarter, but obviously we just need like a little bit of time to get settled in. So like after, um, that we like figured it out and we were playing a lot on the, um, left in the first quarter. So then we switched the ball to the right. So that helped a lot too. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense to someone, (laughs) but yeah. Um, it does in my mind, but tell me why that, why that, uh, may be good against, against another team. Well, because um, the left, if you attack down the left side of the field, it's the defender's strong side of the stick. So it's a lot easier for them to tackle and defend. So you want to attack down the right more often because then it's like their reverse and it's harder for them to defend. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. That's great. Okay. Um, and then I think you got the second goal. Uh in a game like that where I think you know you have a pretty good defense, is that a big goal, getting that second goal? Um, yeah, so obviously the second goal is very important because like a 1-0 game is still very close. Like They can come back at any time. So getting that second goal just gave us like a lot more confidence and like we, um, just comfort like being knowing that we can um, keep the lead and everything. Um, so just tell me, you know, I know you, you, you were also on the team when you won it last year, but what did this one feel like when you guys, uh, when the final buzzer sounded? Yeah, this one obviously was very special to me because it was my senior year one and um, the season has been really great with like the team has been played really well and I really um, love like all my teammates. So getting like going out on a high and getting this win kind of just wraps up like my whole nature field hockey um, season and like the past four years on it. So it was a really nice way to like conclude it. Um, in like a full circle moment. And you guys were um, really special all year, especially, you know, specifically in the state of Illinois. What what were the keys to this team? What was special about this team? Um, yeah, I think the team just, we got along really well and we like learned how to play with each other. Like we did some really good, like, um, like, once we knew how to play with each other, we could just, like, connect the ball and our passes were really good. Um, and then we all, like, we have some a lot of good um, players and, like, everyone could, like, had their own thing that they contributed to the team. So I think that really helped um, with our success. Okay, and just last thing, I don't know if you want to comment on your four years and what it's like to play, you know, kind of what nutrient field hockey means to you. Um, yeah, so it definitely means a lot to me. Like, I made it um, freshman year, which was really unexpected, but a really great experience. Um, and then, obviously, like, just playing with Kaz um, for those four years and seeing, like, the team, like, me develop as a player and the team develop, too, is just really special. And, like, I've made some great memories on NTFH, so those are something that I'll definitely continue to have forever. And I think like those are like friendships I made with people that I wouldn't have made with if I didn't play. So um, that's just very special to me. All right, let's jump on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. 
Um, I throw out five propositions and Joe and I agree or argue about whether that can happen way or way, no way, way or no way it cannot happen. Um, let's start things off. Keep this with field hockey, Joe. Um, way or no way that the new cheer field hockey run that they're on right now is one of the best in, uh, you know, the school's athletic history. I think so. Yes. I'll say way. If you look at what they've done over the past four seasons, again, no, no tournament in 2020, but they were really good that year. Um, if you just look at what they've done, they've been the best um, for 18, 19, and 21. They really competed with Lake Forest. And before 18, um, Lake Forest had that title. So they've kind of gone back and forth with them. And this year, no one was really close. So I think their ascension and then their kind of uh, regularity at the top has been just impressive. And I guess going back through Nutria, at least from what I know about it, um, you know, their lacrosse teams have have these great runs. I think. Man, was it the the boys who won a bunch in a row in the early uh, 2000s and 2010s, or late 2000s, early 2010s, maybe? Um, so boys lacrosse might be up there. Girls soccer had three straight titles. That's got to be up there. That was in the mid-2010s. Um, but this is just, you know, it's definitely one of the best. It, it deserves to, to be right up there. I think it's definitely one of the best. I might go with no way just based on, you know, the – competition that you kind of have to play in field hockey and how like you kind of mentioned that soccer one where you have most teams in the state have a girls soccer team um as opposed to and that's not to say anything against Nutria. i'm not trying to disqualify that or anything but um there aren't as many field hockey teams in the state as the field hockey tries to kind of grow within the state and more pro programs are trying to grow so i think that it's definitely one of the best i don't think it's the best just based on um some of the maybe bigger sports who get more competition and more classes um you know kind of get that going but i definitely think it's i don't know number two number three you know best sports runs in program history or in athletics history so um no way about being the best but um i definitely think that it's definitely one of the you know top two if not three um all right we are going to move on over to girls volleyball obviously we don't know the results of tonight's volleyball match but where no way joe um that either loyola or new trier have what it takes to win the state title Ooh. No, I don't think they're favorites still. I think, um, you know, if they're hot enough, they can, they can win some of those close matches um, down at State, but it isn't going to be a situation where they just go down there and they just keep this going with straight set victories. That's, it's, it's, too, it's too good at the top um, outside of this area. Um, with Mother McCauley being one of them and, and, and some of the other teams, it's, it's really good. And I think Nutria and Loyola um, are fortunate that they're not in a super sectional with some of those teams. So I think they can, they can emerge out of the super sectional and make it to state. I don't think they got what it takes to, to this year to win a state championship. Um, if, if it were one of the two, I think Loyola has the, um, has the formula to do it more than Nutria this year, just with the, the, their two just superstar middles. Um, that's something that could surprise some folks at state or just off, off balance some teams. But um, I, I just don't think not this year. So no way. Yeah. I think I, I'll go with no way just based on, I think that one of these two teams, I think Loyola wins tonight and I think they'll probably win their super sectional matchup. Like you mentioned, um, mother McCauley's on, you know, would they would have to play them in the semifinals. Um, you've got Hononega, who's a really good team. Huntley's a really good team. Barrington, Bennett, O'Fallon are all very good teams. So 
I think there are a lot of good teams left in this um, tournament in, in the Class 4A girls volleyball tournament. So um, I think that, yeah, one of these two teams can probably head down to state. Um, winning state, though, I think would be a little bit tough, especially with Mother Macaulay being in that semifinal matchup um, with either Loyola or Nutria if they were to get down there. And obviously Mother Macaulay were to get down there. So, um, yeah, I think it's a no way about winning state. But I definitely do think that either team can make it down to state if they win this sectional on Wednesday night. All right, Loyola girls uh, cross-country made history by making their first uh, uh, cross-country appearance down to state as a team. Um, way or no way, Joe, that this team can continue to make history and place at the state meet as a team? Mm. Oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of show my ignorance here for other than, I mean, I, I think Prospect is kind of widely known as, as the, the powerhouse here. Um, who's sitting in second or third, I'm not sure, but uh, it's going to be difficult. Um, there, there are some good, you know, Hersey's um, got a team and Barrington, um, cross-country team, of course, that is. Uh, that can run so um the down downers grove um so it's going to be good i i don't know if they're they're that good york is always a talent that's another one i i um that i know is always up there so um just looking at the results they they're just they're going to do well they have experience and they have talent uh, i just don't know if they're going to trophy but they they could be a top 5 program maybe yeah i'll probably go with no way i i i i think that this team can um, yeah, I think that this team has obviously been able to create history and that kind of stuff. I think there are too many teams maybe ahead of them that would be able to, you know, kind of place and kind of earn a trophy as opposed to the Ramblers. I think they'll maybe probably get like a fifth or sixth place finish probably. I think that could be good. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, face finishing top four or top three, um, I don't know if the, the Ramblers are going to be able to do that um, in this upcoming uh, uh, state uh, meet. All right, we've got a new cheer boys cross country also heading down to the state meet as a uh, team. Way or no way, Joe, that will have an individual Trevian um, place uh, at the state meet. Uh, this is one of those, you know, place. Is that a top 10? You know, they, they kind of yeah. actually they, they do medals by times. It's like if you're better than this time, I believe. Um, but let's just say top ten. I don't. I don't know if Ben Crane. Um, he's been their best runner, I believe. Um, I don't know if he has what it takes to finish a top ten at the state meet, being only a sophomore. But he's very good, and he's got a bright future ahead um, of them. So it should be good. But I guess if, if we're if we're looking for a top ten finish, I'd say probably no way this time. Yeah, I'd probably go with no way just based on you the the amount of uh, teams that they're going to have to face off against and a lot of talent that. Um, are going to be competing at the state meet. I'm going to have to go with no way, but I definitely think that, uh, like you mentioned, he'll have probably their best chance of trying to place and uh, probably will be their best finish at the state meet. All right, we've got uh, girls swimming and diving sectional action happening this upcoming weekend. Uh, New Trier won the CSL this past weekend. So way or no way, Joe, um, at the Glenbrook South uh, sectional, way or no way that the Trevians um, can win the sectional? Uh, way. Um, I think this, I mean, the Trevians have, have another state, state title in mind after just absolutely dominating last year. And yes, they lost, uh, two of maybe the best swimmers in the nation, um, who are doing well collegially right now, but they have a lot left over and they're going to do place really highly, especially in the relays, which we know is kind of their specialty. They're going to rack up points there. And, 
I think they'll win the sectional and, and compete again for a state title. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think they should be able to win this pretty easily. And um, I think we'll get some, you know, some challenges from probably some of the Glenbrooks and some of the other teams, but I think that um, they should be able to do this pretty easily and um, move forward and try to compete for a state title next weekend in Westmont. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview the second week of the high school football playoffs here in the state of Illinois. We've got um, Loyola traveling down to Edwardsville. Uh, I don't know if it's really worth the rant at this point, uh, traveling 300 miles <laughs> the number six seed. In the second week of the playoffs, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, it's a nice win for Edwardsville to be able to upset O'Fallon, <clears throat> the 11th seed. Um, but I don't know. Talk, talking with Coach Halasek, he's said that he's going to control what they're going to control. And, um, you know, you can't really control. They have to travel. So, you know, try to make it as pleasant as possible moving forward. So we're not going to spend too much time on that, even though I think it's a crazy system and higher seed should always get the better. You know, you worked hard for that higher seed and you should get the home game. But whatever. Let's move forward there. Um, will Nemeshine will not be playing, obviously. So um, let's talk about the running back position, Joe. Just who can kind of step in there? Like we mentioned earlier, Drew McPherson has been out for the regular for the rest of the season um, after he broke his ankle against Marist in week four. So um, they're really going to have to move some guys around. I mean, one of the big names is Luke Foster, who was on the sophomore team earlier this year, who's had some good runs for the Ramblers so far. Um, you've got, uh, some other, uh, runners as well. Obviously Jake Sterney is known to, you know, run the ball, but how much do you want to run the ball with your quarterback? I mean, I don't know if you want to change that up and really change, you know, mix things up, but, um, Ryan Craddock has, you know, is potentially also a good person to kind of look in there. So, I mean, just what, looking at who can kind of step in for Will now, I mean, just who, what are some names and who do you kind of expect to kind of jump in there, kind of get an opportunity to kind of shine uh, when that Ramblers really needed. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, Nima Shine with the knee and um, uh, McPherson with the ankle. Let's not forget about Kyan Gibbs, who was supposed to be kind of a, a role guy in that backfield this year, a senior, um, speedy, he's kind of small and sturdy. Um, but, it, but a little bit of experience. He scored some touchdowns last year, and he only came back for one game this year, and I believe got hurt again. I don't want to – I heard what his injury is, but I didn't confirm it, so I want to say. But uh, I, don't, I think he's out for the year as well. So that's another guy who was a depth guy that's gone and with experience. So that's three kind of in their backfield that are gone. Um, but you mentioned Luke Foster. I think a lot of it's going to fall on him in terms of positive yardage and making plays. Um, I think they can throw seniors in there like um, like uh, um, Peter Hogan if they just want a sturdy guy who's who's got experience, who's a senior leader guy and going to be good with the schemes and knows the offense and might be able to get some positive yards, but he's more in there for stability. Um, but you may, I think Foster scored a couple times. He, he's a sophomore coming up, and he's got some skills. It's just the – um inexperience maybe of playing at that speed and that level once we move on in the playoffs so i think you're going to get a healthy dose of a few guys you mentioned foster let's talk about uh freedom ali um you know coach mentioned him he's a he's a junior quarterback um who's more of a 
He's a dual threat guy, but more of a runner. And um, are we going to see some looks for him on the offensive end, whether it's we get creative with him in the backfield, direct snaps? I don't know. Um, nobody knows. They're going to work on a lot of things in practice this week. But are we going to see some freedom Ali? Um, he's a big playmaker, got a lot of speed, got a lot of athleticism. Um, are we going to see Johnny McGuire back there, kind of in that mold of um, Krutz like we saw last year? Um, just a power guy, um, good with the football, stable. Um, and just can maybe run over folks as well as his athleticism. He's got a couple pick sixes this year. Um, are we going to see him maybe do some things, whether it's at the goal line or just um, to, to move the sticks? I think that could happen. So they've got options. It's Loyola Academy. Um, so among their 140 guys on the, on the varsity roster, they got some guys they can look to, but uh, we're not going to lie and say that they got a ton of experience on a varsity level. They don't. So um, can we get them up to speed before Friday? Um, I do believe that we're in a good spot um, in this week. Um, Loyal is for a victory. Um, so can we see multiple guys without being too con- overly concerned about compromising the game here? Um, I think we will. I think we'll see some different looks. I caught up with Coach Halasek for our notebook, uh, CCLU CC notebook, and he talked about how um, the offense isn't going to really, I mean, Obviously, you always curtail your offense to, you know, your players and that kind of stuff. But he said things aren't going to really change that much offensively. You're going to try to, like we've said, you know, mix some guys up and kind of get some different guys in there. But, I mean, I mean, Joe, we've watched Will for the last couple of years now. Um, I mean, just what do you expect, no matter who you kind of throw in there? I mean, obviously, you still have a dominant offensive line there. You still have a quarterback who has the experience and knows what to do with the ball and when to run it and when to throw it kind of make some calls there on the on the line um but i mean what can we expect i mean just knowing that the the kind of leadership that will nima shine brought in and now you're kind of expecting uh um a sophomore and some guys who haven't really run the ball much this season to kind of step in i mean just what can we kind of expect from um a group that obviously has talented players and guys who can kind of play the position but I mean, in the second week of the playoffs, obviously that's not the best time to maybe, you know, get your first reps in as a running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that's why I don't know if we'll expect as many, you know, carries to the run game. Um, not that Loyola was a run-heavy team, but they they were very effective when they did, and they knew when to do it, and, and they certainly bounced some passing off their run game. Um, I think we'll expect, you know, a lot – put on Jake Sterney's shoulders and he's a senior and that's what he's there for, right? That's part of his um, responsibility as a leader of an offense and, and being um, in the system for years. Um, maybe, maybe a few more plays during the game, which add up um, where it's his decision, whether to pull it down and run or hit the quick pass, maybe more sideline passes to get those basic and, or, or screeners. Um, we've seen, um, things to like Quinn Foley and things. And um, I forgot, to, I'm totally going to blank on the other gentleman's name who who scored a touchdown this week, Corey Larson. I'm sorry. Um, so those those small, quick slot guys, are we going to see runs from them? Are we going to see little flats to them and get them out in bubble screens in space? Um, I just think we might put a little more pressure on those guys um, to make plays or, or opportunities for those guys to make plays um, in space and see what we got. Um, but I expect him to still run it with Foster. He's gotten, I don't know how many carries he has this year, 20, 30. Um, he's gotten more than his share um, or more than enough, I should say, to to see a varsity defense at a high level. So um, I think we'll see Foster and I think we're going to, somebody's going to emerge next to him. And I, that 
who that is, I have no idea. I'm, I'm interested to see because we haven't needed to see them so much. All right, let's talk about this matchup against Edwardsville. Obviously, Edwardsville able to take down O'Fallon um, in their opening matchup. Um, obviously, up here in Northern Illinois, we don't watch too much Edwards football, Edwardsville football or anything like that. But um, just based on looking at what they're able to do, they're led by a really dynamic offensive quarterback with Jake Curry, wide receiver. Um, Dan Godden had four uh, touchdown catches against O'Fallon. Um, defensively, they're really strong, and they're led by um, Jose Espinenza, his brother, uh, actually currently plays for Iowa. Um, he's a defensive end tight end. He's a sophomore. Um, listen to this six foot four, 250 pounds as a sophomore. That kid, um, obviously, there's something within the family about playing college football, and that kid is definitely going to be playing college football. Um, hopefully, hopefully, he's able to stay healthy, you know, for the rest of his career. But, um, an interesting test for the Ramblers here where they're going to play a lot of. Uh, quickness, I feel like, in this matchup. And we saw that against Mount Carmel, and I asked Coach Halasek about that and how how much they learned from that game in Mount Carmel where Mount Carmel was quick and had a lot of playmakers. And he talked about, well, you know, you kind of showed them everything on the tape, and, um, you know, you kind of hope that they learn from that, and we're going to find out whether they learned from that, you know, from Mount Carmel a couple weeks ago. But, Joe, based on what we saw from that matchup against Mount Carmel, I mean, just what are your concerns, kind of, if you have any concerns about being able to keep up with the, you know, a fast and quick offense that Edwardsville might be able to throw at the Ramblers. Yeah, just I'm I'm concerned if I am concerned, which I'm not that concerned, but it's the it's a different it's it, and that's what what makes the playoffs great, and that's why I'm kind of happy this is a matchup, although it should be in Wilmette. But um, just that it's going to be a different type of offense. You know, something we don't see up here, even if it's little things here and there. I'm not saying you know okay, it's passing or it's running. I mean, we're talking just different schemes, different looks um, that are prevalent in different areas of the state. And this is south. This is down south in the state of Illinois, something Loyola very rarely sees. So if anything, I'm just concerned about if there's going to be some surprises here that Loyola is not ready for. But they got tape and and, and Edwardsville has tape on Loyola. I know that um, as much as you can, Edwardsville played East St. Louis pretty tough. Um, and East St. Louis is a team that, you know, can put eight. I think they did put 80 on somebody this year. They can rack up a ton of points really quickly. Um, I think they it was a 24-7 win for East St. Louis. So um, Edwardsville hung around. They lost to O'Fallon. Um, and I believe they lost to, um, get a blank on the other one, somebody in their last game, maybe a Missouri team um, in their last game. So it's a good team. It's it's got playmakers. You just laid it out in front of us. These are college level players. This isn't a down south team that's just all uh, big corn fed fed linemen. This is a going to be a good team that can air it out. And Loyal is going to have to be prepared for that. I think they will. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be a different look. We're talking about a three hour bus ride. I know they're going down the night before, um, so that they'll be ready in the morning. But uh, um, it'll be it'll be a good one. Yeah, I think it should be a good one. I think the eleven or the you know, the seed for Edwardsville doesn't really do them justice, but I think it should be really interesting to see um, how they're able to compete against the Ramblers and how the Ramblers are able to adjust, you know, being on the road and um, the circumstances there and obviously trying to figure out what they want to do offensively. Um, before I get a prediction from you uh, from, um, you know, for the Ramblers in Edwardsville, um, any other playoff thoughts that you kind of had based on from the first week of the playoffs? I feel like there weren't any terrible um upsets in the first week especially in the in the 8-8 bracket I think things pretty much 
held pretty sturdy. I mean, Lincoln Way East won, um, South Elgin won, Warren won, uh, York won, Palatine won, Plainfield North won. So um, if Loyola were to win against Edwardsville, they would likely host uh, either Plainfield North or Lions next weekend or, uh, you know, in the quarterfinals. So um, anything from the opening weekend of the playoffs that kind of caught your eye, Joe? I mean, I love, this is more of a personal thing, but I love that Andrew um, out of Tinley Park in the Southwest suburbs took down Huntley. That was a 24 over a nine. Upset on the seedings. Andrew's a very good team, plays in that Lincoln Way East, um, you know, uh, Bradley Bourbonnet Homewood Flossmore Conference. So I don't know if it's a super surprise, uh, but it was great to see Andrew's playing great football in the past couple of years. And they're seven and three now. They got a huge test um, at Warren. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They get it at home, actually. Um, so maybe, you know, we see Andrew do something special, but we know what Warren can do. They're very good. So surprised that Maine South beat Bolingbrook that bad. I thought that was going to be a high flying game, but Maine South's defense was huge. I think they had, uh, three or four interceptions of the, of that superstar freshman quarterback at Bolingbrook. Um, that was cool. Um, but this weekend, uh, Glenbard West versus Glenbrook South, I think is going to be a great one. Um, I think that's on Saturday. York versus Marist. Uh, you mentioned that's just whew, that's going to be tons of fun. And Plainfield North versus Lions. I think that's a good matchup. That should be a fun matchup to see who comes out um, and plays this in in the quadrant with uh, Loyola and Edwardsville. Yeah, I, I think that Marist York matchup could be really fun just based on how I, I feel like everyone looks at the Marist record and they're like seven and three, and then you kind of look at well, those three losses are to Glenbard West, Loyola, and Mount Carmel. Like you're losing to three of the top eight ranked teams in the state like that how it goes but other teams kind of in the ccl escc mount carmel one they'll play um um they're going to be playing uh downers grove north on saturday um we've got uh saint rita playing prospect that should be a really fun game high-powered offense against a high-powered defense um that should be really good um and brother rice pulled off i don't know if it's really an upset i think i think Brother Rice has kind of shown that they've been able to grow throughout the season, and they um, took down uh, Jacobs in the opening round, and now um, they'll get a fun little test against Collinsville um, on Saturday. So um, 11 of the 13 CCL ESCC teams won in this weekend. Um, 10 can move on. I think Joliet Catholic and Providence are the only teams playing against each other. You got the Holy War happening um, in the second round of the playoffs, so that should be a lot of fun. So a lot of great football. Um, happening this upcoming weekend in the second round and a lot of high, high-powered matchups that, you know, I wouldn't honestly look at the seeds at this point because I think that any team can honestly move forward to the quarterfinals here, especially in these top three classes. Yeah, after they move out of that first round and kind of prove themselves, I feel like we're in we're in pretty good shape, maybe weed out some teams that were overseeded or under, you know, um, um, yeah, maybe a product of, of their, their schedules and now we got, now we're down to Talent across the board, and uh, it's you know it's going to be even crazier next week. But some really good football. You guys should all check it out from all over these classes. There's some good stuff. So uh, enjoy this. It's good football. All right, let's get a prediction from you, Joe. Loyola travels down to Edwardsville um, to take on uh, the Tigers on Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, what do you expect to happen here? And will the Ramblers come home with the victory? I think the Ramblers do come home with a victory. I think it's going to be hard fought, though. Uh, like I said, as they kind of figure out life without, you know, life with a new backfield um, and uh, what that looks like. But I think their passing game is just too strong. Their offensive line is too strong. Their schemes 
Um, they're not going to let um, Edwardsville put up a, a boatload of points. So even if Edwardsville scores, I, I'm confident that offense can um, outmatch it. Um, so I'm thinking something closer to uh, – I think they hold Edwardsville to two. Um, I'll say 13, and I'll say uh, Loyola puts up four. I'll say something like 28-13. I'm going to go – I think that the offense – I think the offense is going to do well. I think it might be a little bit, bit of a hiccup at the first quarter, but I think they kind of regroup and kind of figure things out in the latter three quarters. And I've got a Loyola 24 to uh, 13 win. Um, I think Edwardsville is able to put up some points early. Um, by then, I think the Loyola defense kind of shuts things down, in the, especially in the second half. So um, I think that the Ramblers will be able to win and move on forward. And I think uh, um, they'll likely play Plainfield North. I think Lions has the potential to kind of Pull off the upset there if you want to call it an upset at that point at eight and two. But um, I think the Ramblers move on to the quarterfinals, host a quarterfinal matchup next Saturday at Loyola. And um, it should be a really fun matchup whether they end up playing Plainfield North or Lions. Agreed. Looking forward to it. It should be a great weekend. All right. That's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the Varsity Podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere the podcasts are available. Give us a nice little review, spread the word as well. And if we're now where you listen to podcasts, let, know, let us know. And we'll like to uh, add the varsity to wherever you are listening to different types of podcasts. Um, just a quick reminder that you can check out my work at the Friday Night Drive. We'll have weekend coverage for you and all the state results as quick as possible. So make sure to keep up with us for all the latest high school football playoffs results that you want. And make sure to keep up and subscribe to recordnorthshore.org to listen to us. Uh, what Joe um, is putting together. He'll have coverage for you of the playoffs going forward with um, Loyola football and obviously big volleyball and cross country action and swimming action as well. So a lot of great stuff and a great time to subscribe um, to the record northshore.org. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.